Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hello and welcome to Saving Lives in Slow Motion. Today, I'd like to talk about the hypochondriac. Now, I do hope you're well and you've had a good week. And if you haven't and you worry about your health, you may sometimes find yourself wondering whether you're a hypochondriac. And it's something I hear in the consulting room and on the phone when people ring up going, look, I don't want to be like a hypochondriac, but I'm really worried I've got X or Y. And I'm really grateful for someone suggesting this on social media because it's a great topic. It's absolutely fascinating. And my mind is initially cast back to many years ago, actually, at school, when I read a book called Three Men in a Boat, a very famous book by Jerome K. Jerome, um, written in the late 19th century, I believe. And it starts with him going to the British Museum and picking up a medical book and looking through a list of ailments. So he was reading uh, about medical conditions and came to the conclusion that he actually had everything wrong with him apart from one thing, which was he didn't have something called housemaid's knee, or bursitis, as it's called in medical circles. And he eventually went to his doctor, who examined him, listened to him. And what I love about this is that Jerome K. Jerome said, look, actually, I'm not going to waste your time with what I think I've got. I've got everything, but the only thing I haven't got is housemaid's knee. And his doctor kind of slapped him across the head and wrote out a prescription for him. And the prescription, I I just love this, one pound of beef steak with one pint of bitter beer every six hours, 10 mile walk every morning, bed at 11 sharp every night, and don't stuff your head up with things that you don't understand. Brilliant. I just love that. Bearing in mind, of course, this is, you know, not quite 150 years ago. And it makes me think that a lot of what we do as doctors is give people reassurance. But where does the word hypochondriac come from and what does it really mean when we don't use it in common parlance? So just in terms of its meaning, the word hypochondriac comes from the Greek hypo meaning under or below, uh, chondria kind of means cartilage. So, And actually we use an anatomical word hypochondrium in medicine to describe that part of your abdomen that's just below the bottom end of your breastbone. 
why it's used to actually describe this condition, which is essentially excessive health anxiety, I'm not sure. But I imagine physicians years ago, um, you know, that's part of, uh, it's an area that people often clutch, isn't it, in pain? And I wonder whether that's how it developed. But if we look at um, the features of what used to be called hypochondriasis is, is now called illness anxiety disorder. There's a number of common features, and I don't know whether you know anyone this relates to, or you may find that you have some features of this. I certainly have friends that do. One element of it, certainly, that I have come across is that whether something's normal is the first thing. So, you know, the human body is very complex, and every day we're experiencing some sort of symptom, you know, whether it's to do with your heartbeat or your bowel movements or whatever. People who have health anxiety often wonder if what they're experiencing is the norm. So there's that element of health. Then there's um, amplifying things that are not normal but happen quite often. For example, people get colds or sore throats. And someone who has health or illness anxiety um, may suddenly purport that minor symptom to something more serious. So the, a very common one is, doctor, I've got a sore throat. I'm really worried I've got throat cancer. And it's not to say that, you know, you can't have throat cancer if you have a sore throat. But in more than most cases, a sore throat doesn't equal throat cancer. But people with illness anxiety disorder need reassurance. So another feature of the hypochondriac, if we want to sort of call it that still, it's, a, it's an outdated term, I have to say, but is focusing on illness and talking about illness quite a lot. And that sometimes leads to more visits to the doctor, and that sometimes leads to having more tests than someone else normally would. And the key thing is, is that the normal test result doesn't always offer reassurance. I remember years ago, there was a lady that had unexplained abdominal pain and she just wanted investigations and she'd had several. And I, I remember I was, I was a young GP then and I thought, right, we've done everything now. We've done an ultrasound, we've done a CT scan, she's had, you know, stool tests, she's had blood tests, the whole lot. And actually what happened was that once a few months had passed, she wanted them all again. And this is a real... It's a sort of a trap that the doctor and the patient can fall into where there's a bit of a tussle between the patient wanting absolute 100% reassurance and the doctor trying to rule things out. But of course, health is dynamic. And, and as time goes on, you know, we're all going to become ill at some point and, our, you know, we will be no more. And so the, the, the difficulty with someone who has that, tendency towards you know labeling themselves as a hypochondriac is that at some point they'll go I told you there was something wrong you know because at some point something's going to happen because it does to all of us and the other thing I've noticed this is me in in my clinical practice is that when the the health anxious person um, develops something serious clearly it's devastating but they handle it so well it's amazing. It never, ever fails to 
surprise me in that you'd think, you know, I, I often think, oh, you know, what, what would actually happen if there was something really wrong? And, you know, if it's cancer or if it's a life-changing diagnosis, incredibly, that group seemed to tolerate that news relatively well and they suddenly focus on what they can do and their treatment plan rather than in fact the anxiety goes down I find I don't know whether other clinicians find the same there's also two flip sides to this um, coin one is that some people with health anxiety do the exact opposite so they absolutely avoid the doctor they just don't want to know and of course that's bad because you're more likely to miss something serious and I guess that you know, quite often it, it's it's easy for the doctor to label someone as health anxious, but so often they're right. Um, many years ago, I remember seeing someone who thought they had a peripheral neuropathy because they were getting pins and needles in their hands, and they did. They actually did have a peripheral neuropathy. So... Part of the doctor-patient relationship is both parties trying to kind of agree on common ground where you think, you know, what, what, what would it take to reassure you? What is it that we're trying to achieve here? And how can we um, stop you from worrying unnecessarily? Well, part of it is about reframing, and this involves CBT, or Cognitive Behavioural Therapy, which seems to work quite well for anxiety, but also health anxiety. And if you can learn, realise that not all minor symptoms, you know, especially if you have a heightened awareness of um, what's happening in your body, um, that they are normal processes rather than disease that can really help but it takes time and it takes cognitive techniques to reframe what you're feeling. It's easier said than done because actually if you're someone who really believes that a symptom might be something serious it's quite a often an unshakable belief to uninstall and I remember a, a chap who had really bad anxiety triggered off by a feeling in his legs and he would often find that if he sat on the loo for quite a long time that his legs would feel dead or they'd cramp up or he'd get pins and needles in them which is a very common phenomenon because firstly if you strain on the loo then you increase something called intrathecal pressure which is really around your spine and that can give rise to pins and needles and the other thing is that it's circulatory if your legs are over the edge of the toilet seat that sometimes slows blood flow back through your veins it's a normal phenomenon, but for some reason for him, it would absolutely trigger this cascade of internal events leading him to have almost anxiety attacks. And what worked for him in the end was actually this mantra where every time it happened, he would have to say to himself, I know this is normal, I know this is not harming me, it'll pass. And and it, he sort of, it, that wasn't exactly CBT, but it was a way of him powering through something that would happen again and again. The other thing is we've got to think societally about what's been happening in the world. Information is much more freely available these days. So going back to Jerome K. Jerome, during the time that he wrote that book, medical knowledge was very 
niche and was in the ownership of the medical mafia if you like you know it was literally doctors and nurses that had this knowledge and you you couldn't really gain that knowledge very easily without studying or getting access to a lot of stuff that wasn't easy to access now we're bombarded by information overload in my ted talk from nine years ago i call it infobesity and coupled with that we've got new chronic diseases we've got long covid for example which is very real and as symptoms become more complex and complicated and as we encourage the world to take our health a bit more seriously and as we have more data the two things kind of compete and in a way when you've got a really difficult clinical conundrum it's quite easy for you know both a person's doctor and their friends and family to think that they are hypochondriacs add into that that stuff happens to people and we all hear stories of things happening to people where they suddenly succumb to an illness and that doesn't help either so we've got to have some compassion with ourselves and people who who do have health or illness anxiety it's never their fault there's also a slightly darker side to this and that is something called Munchausen syndrome named after Baron Munchausen who used to just exaggerate stories he's a fictional character from a book but was basically a blagger who exaggerated and embellished and in the same way some people do that about their symptoms now you know a hypochondriac wouldn't fake tests or fake symptoms they're genuinely worried about something that they feel is is happening to them whereas a malingerer or someone with Munchausen syndrome uh, will lie about their symptoms and that's very different you you pretend you've had blood in your urine or you're you're pretending that you've got abdominal pain and, and the, the most extreme case of this that I've ever heard is a lady that was so good at faking symptoms of what's called an acute abdomen where your you know your abdomen is is rigid and a surgeon would go in and operate and actually had 30 surgical procedures because fooled the surgeons into thinking that she had something that was an emergency you know like appendicitis or a, a, a blocked bowel or something like that um astonishing that that can happen and again it's it's not about blame but it's more about not doing harm um people with munchausen syndrome often have very traumatic childhoods and there can be a history of issues with the way that they were parented or childhood trauma essentially but definitely something that can catch out um, a doctor that only really wants to help so in summary a hypochondriac or someone who has illness anxiety disorder is essentially someone who has anxiety but a variant of it and it needs to be managed as such um, I'm going to leave you with a quote because I love this one and occasionally quotes can be a bit cheesy but this one's just so clever it's by writer Kingsley Amis and it's this the trouble with the hypochondriac is that he will be wrong about his condition 999 times and I just love that because as I said at the beginning things happen illness happens and when it does you've just got to deal with it um but if you can 
there's no point about worrying about something that may never happen and do your best to to look after yourself within your means i think that's the simplest way isn't it anyway thank you again for listening i hope that was useful and interesting do let me know if you've got any other topics that you want to hear about i love the suggestions keep them coming they're really good and in the meantime do look after yourself stay well do take care bye for now Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code buttery exclusions apply see site for details mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for mother's day than whole foods market they're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts start by saving 33 with prime on all body care and candles then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just 9.99 each with prime round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market